I'm finally finding traction in recovery, but my family's a mess. What can I do? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. And we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery. Hey, Tyler, you ready to have some hard conversations? Let's do it. Let the Therapy Brothers podcast begin. What's up, Tyler? What's going on, Brandon? Not much. I'm just looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving this week. I know. I'm looking forward to seeing you coming up, and it's always nice to see the whole family. I was actually thinking, we're we're recording this like just a couple days before Thanksgiving. By the time it goes out, it'll be past Thanksgiving, but... Um, yeah, so Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, well, I was just thinking, you know, like it's the time of year when you start thinking about what you're grateful for, and I'm grateful for all the normal things. But I wanted to throw a shout out to to our listeners here, like thank you guys for for who you are, for the feedback you give us, for the support you provided for us over the years. Um, it's, I just want you to know that you're not taken for granted, and I really appreciate who you are. I can always, I can always count on you for the touchy feely, you know, (laughs) just like, look at, there's a little tear in his eye guys as he says this. And he, the thing about Tyler is he's sincere and he means it. And so I do, and I, I echo what he's saying too. I mean, I'm, yeah, I like to mock him too, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, no, but really Tyler, I appreciate you bringing up our listeners because, um, our listeners are unique because I believe they're courageous people who are looking to change and, and work on hard things. And so um, I do appreciate them too. So. Yeah. Also grateful for our callers. They're, the, they're what makes the show as good as it is. And so thank you to our callers. They put, they put their real lives on the line so that everybody else can benefit from their experiences. So with that, Bryant, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, why don't you just kind of give us whatever backstory you want to give us, ask your question, we'll have a discussion. Okay. Well, I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, obviously, but uh, I uh, I found out that I'm not alone in this. I, I'm a, I, I thought I was like, oh, I'm the only guy that ever started using porn at age 11, but apparently that's everybody now mm-hmm. that I'm finding out. And so I um, had, a, had a really tough childhood. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Um, I had two stepdads since then. Um, so I started, I started using porn when I was 11, really at a bad time. I didn't have a dad in the house and, uh, a friend of mine's older brother had a bunch of magazines and was like, Hey, you guys just check these out. And so then I couldn't stop from then on. Um, really had a hard teenage life, uh, just with family life. My, my mom was a big, um, you know, porn was absolutely no, no in our house. And I, I took a lot of the brunt of that. I was the oldest, oldest kid in my family. And I think I, I really let her down a lot. And there was a lot of shame and a lot of hurt there that I just didn't know. I didn't know to deal with it. You know, I, I, I cleaned it up, um, went to, went to Chile on a mission for a couple of years, thought I was good. Um, you know, got married. I was like, Hey, this is great. I'm going to get married. I think a lot of guys did this. I, I I've heard this all now, but um, got married and thought, Hey, this is going to be in the past. I'm going to have a, a woman now. This is going to be great. You know, and I'll fix all these things, but it didn't work about five years into my marriage. I told my wife for the first time about my pornography stuff. Um, we had talked before marriage about some of my other 
sexual things, but not pornography specifically. That was something that I never wanted anyone to know about. I was kind of trying to hide, I think, um, probably due to a lot of the shame. I'm working through a lot of this now, so I'm learning all these things, you know, so it's like my story's changed. But uh, so like five years into our marriage, I kind of I kind of dropped a bomb then and didn't didn't really get any help. Like we decided, OK, from now on, we're going to, you know, we're going to move forward. And she was just really quick to forgive. And we kind of learned maybe that wasn't the best way to do it either. And so I, I was basically sober, sober, right? Quote, unquote, I didn't get any help. I didn't do anything, but I stopped using porn for about six years, six or seven years, actually. And, uh, you know, but our marriage never really got better. We were still having all these issues. And then we had this huge issue with my parents, big family kind of thing. And it really just drove me. My wife didn't like me. My parents didn't like me. I kind of have been disowned at this point. And it drove me kind of back to porn. And so like the last about six years ago, I started using again. It was like once and then a couple months later. And it got, you know, as, as the years went on, it got shorter and shorter time frame. Um, and then it's been about, I kind of wrote it down. It's been 15 months ago. Um, it came out again to my wife and I said, hey, I've been doing this again. But even then I minimized it and I kind of made it seem as small, you know, like we do. And so at first I was like, hey, I've been, you know, I, I was like, it's just a little bit. It wasn't that bad. And then about six or seven months later, she was kind of like, hey, let's move forward. Let's fix this. And I was like, wait a second. I got more to talk about. And so then I really kind of dropped everything. Um, I read a bunch of stuff. We should have probably done a whole like therapeutic disclosure. But instead, we kind of did it ourselves. I wrote down everything. Like she was like, I want to know every single thing, all these websites, everything. And I wrote it all out. And, and then we kind of like went from there. And so it's been and about seven months ago is when I really started like recovery, I believe, because I started going to meetings. And I, so that first, like that first eight months, I was kind of like trying to stop and we were working on some things. I had a counselor, but I didn't really jump into it until I think I, I came fully clean. And, you know, I slept in the office for a couple months and some other stuff happened that really forced me, I think, out of my out of my protective zone and I really opened up and um so now seven months later I'm involved in like three men's groups I have my my in-person recovery group that I go to I have a web like a web one that I do sometimes and then I'm involved in a men's group with my counselor he runs like a men's group so we call in and talk and I call these guys and we kind of report on what we're doing and I've gotten help and I've, I've opened up and talked for the first time to somebody because this has been my own struggle. And I thought I had to fix this. You know, I was I was entrenched in making my my life better. I'm going to fix this. It'll this is the last time. All those things that you hear. That was me like to a shell. Like just that's what I did. But now I'm like, wow, I love talking about this. I was telling you guys, I was like, I'm going to use my own name and everything on here. That that never would have happened, you know, any other time. But uh, I'm feeling pretty good. But now. Like, because like that first disclosure kind of happened and then I hurt my wife again and now everything's gotten worse, you know? And so I'm really hating myself for that because I'm like, man, I should have just done this the right way. You know, I couldn't do anything right. And I get on myself about that. But then it's like now, you know, and we have, we've, I've actually had a good week. It's been, it's been a good week up until now. So I'm kind of like, well, now what do I talk about? But I still know this is an issue where I feel good. I'm like, I have all this hope and I'm like, Hey, where I'm going places. Cause finally I'm free of this. You know, it's been, it's been a year and in three months since I used pornography and it's like, I feel great. And I'm, I'm starting to open up and I, 
of having conversations and talking to people and really getting help and, and trying to work on myself. But now, so my question really is, is now what, how do I help like bring the same hope to my kids, my, my teenage kids and my wife, especially because she's an incredible woman and she's been here by my side and gone through all this. And now she's really hurting. And it's just, you know, she's like having a hard time trusting obviously. And I don't blame her for that. It's if I've done that, you know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at is like, how do I, how do I help everyone else in my family heal now, now that I'm getting the help I need? Cause I don't feel like just saying like, you got to do this and you got to do that. It doesn't work. You know, they're like, they push back on that. And so part of me feels like, okay, I just have to do it. I know that's part of it. I got to keep doing my thing, but what other tools are there? What are the things that I'm missing to help bring a lot more stability to my family life now that I'm in a better place? Sorry, that was kind of long, but that was, that was the story. That's great. That's great, man. Really great question. You're, you're, I, I'm going to ask this question with where I can already feel the answer, but the way that you're talking, it sounds like there's more than just a mental change that's taking place inside of you over the last year and a half. There's something else that's shifting inside of you. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel different than I ever have. Like my whole life has been this fear-based, I'm scared of being known. I'm, I'm really intimate avoidant. I have been my whole life. Like I put up walls about everything. And now I'm like, it's still hard. It's not like easy. I'm not like this best, you know, I'm not the greatest person, but uh, I find that I'm, I'm much more willing to step into some of this stuff without any reserve. I'm just like, Hey, I'm like talking to you guys today. I'm like, well, I'm going to go do this, you know, and I'm going to see what happens. And and I, I, I am very much changed in that way. I'm starting to really open up to like my feelings and my emotions and what they mean for me and all that stuff, which I normally would have just shoved down and held in this dark hole forever and not brought up, you know? Is is that the re- thing that's bringing this newfound freedom that you're experiencing? Is there more to it than that? I don't, well, that's a good question. I feel, I I've really dealt with my shame. I've done a little bit of EMDR work and some other things that I think have really helped unlock some of that. I don't feel like a failure as much as I used to. I don't feel so, you know, down on myself as much. I realize that. And and I think, unfortunately, what that's done is it's opened up my eyes and I'm finally seeing my life that I used to just, you know, paint in my own version of this is what I, my life was. And now I'm like looking around going, wow, I, I really hurt some people. I've really done some hard things and I've made it really difficult for my wife and my kids to like love me. And I didn't realize it was happening. You know, now I'm looking back and I, I have a lot of pain. I have a lot of hurt about that. But as, as I've let some of that go and, I, and as I've opened up a little bit about it, it's been better. You know, it really has to deal with some of that, that hurt and pain and it still sucks. <laughs> You know, nothing's changing that, unfortunately, but I feel like I'm able to deal with it a little better too. And so a lot of that, unlocking some of that shame and some of that, that, you know, that fear of being known has really helped, I think, a lot. Yeah, you can feel it. I can feel it in you. That energy is going to, it's going to continue to help you on an individual level a lot. Um, What I'm hearing you say about your question is this, is that I'm finding freedom at the cost now of coming to the realization that what I was doing was having an impact on the people that I most love. And now I'm in a spot where how, not only do, how do I make amends 
but I'm realizing I can't really make full amends. How do I support the ones that I love when I'm the one who's hurt them? Yeah, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, there's a, there's answers uh, to this, like really good answers. So, um, but but I I I want to say, you know what addiction is really good at, Bryant? Lots of things, but making us feel terrible about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, so it's good at making us feel terrible about ourselves. Um, that's kind of the cost of it. Um, but the benefit of addiction is that it's really good at, at taking away pain. Right. And so, and, you know, Tyler and I have both worked with drug addiction a lot and, and sex addiction. But one, one thing that's interesting with drug addicts is when they start to get clean and sober, they're like, oh my gosh, now I have to feel. Yeah. Like now I'm feeling things that I've never felt before. And, um, and so when you remove this thing that can numb you out quickly and easily and fast and take all the pain away, um, you're now left with the actual feelings and energy going on around you. And so when your wife comes to you and she says, I'm hurt, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm whatever it is. Um, it's awesome that you're in this place of like, I feel her pain now. But the next step is having the strength to sit in that pain with her and to to walk through that process with her. And it's such a great opportunity for you. That is the opportunity of trust rebuild right there. Um, her, her pain and her struggle right now is awesome for you. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, and I still hate it, right? I mean, <laughs> I get what you're saying, but that's the worst. Right. It's actually, it's actually a step in your own personal recovery to be able to learn how to do that, to sit in it with her without making it about you, even though you might have caused it. That, that's, that's tricky what Tyler just said. Did you hear what he said? Yeah, because what does that look like? Like, because it's hard because my, my first reaction is, okay, I've caused this pain run for the hills like i don't want to be here anymore because i know i did this but i also know that the not the cure but like the way through it is to lean into it and be there right like mm -hmm. how do you how do you be empathetic to something you did yourself you know it's hard to like my my mind is immediately wants to just like hide and run and not not face it and i'm really having to kind of overcome that initial reaction you know because that's been my that's been my normal reaction for 30 years you know it's scary to go feel abandonment and feelings of betrayal um, with somebody. We don't want to do that. And, and come back to what Tyler said, when I make it about me and my own shame and I need to show her that, Hey, I'm good. I'm okay. Then I'm going to disconnect from her pain and not sit through that process. But when I'm strong enough to not make her pain about me, and to own the things that I've done, then feeling those things, feeling that pain with her is, is intimate. That, and it, it's connecting. Um, crying with her, that's intimate. Processing with her, that's intimate. Staying there for as long as she needs, that's intimate. 
Right. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And it's, and it's painful. It's hard. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of times guys think that they're holding space in quotes for, for their partner by self-deprecating. Oh, you're right. I suck. I'm so bad. I ruined I'm the it. worst. I, I did all of these things, and they're like, "I held space for her today." And it's like, "Well, because you didn't run for the hills." Good. Look how look how accountable I am. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? But but that's not actually holding space. Holding space is holding the space between the two of you where she's allowed to have her feelings. And you can see her. You can show her that you see her, that you're willing to step into her space with those feelings about what you did rather than taking her space and making it about you. And then her walking away going like, ah, he doesn't even listen to me. Like he's still, he's still making it about himself. Um, Right. So that's a, that's a really difficult thing to do. And part of how you get there is you have to actually continue to do the things you're doing in your recovery work, your shame resiliency work. When you said you your EMDR, you let that stuff go and you're like, oh man, I'm not a terrible guy anymore. Guess what? You just took one more layer off that allows you to step in and hold space for her too, a little bit better. Um, so your own personal work really, really matters. But then it's about, yeah, I did do this, this, this. I realized I caused those feelings for you and those are your feelings. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for you and I can be as close or as distant as, as you need as you have to process those, even though it's not your fault. Right. I'm going to ask you a question, Bryant, that um, I think we all know the answer to, but I want to say the question to illustrate the point here. Um, is recovery, uh, I'm going to give you two options. Is it when you feel peace in your heart, know who you are and love yourself? Is that the indicator of recovery? Or is it when your wife is happy and she's smiling and she says that you're good? <laughs> no, I, I know that answer. And I've, I've come to understand that it, it's, it's when I'm doing my own work and I'm the one that's, you know, doing well, I guess. It doesn't, because I can't, I've, I've learned to let go of that because that, that's not my, my normal life would be, oh, everyone around me is upset and I'm going to be upset, right? And I feel that. And it's, instead I'm like, I'm trying to get to the place, maybe I'm answering your question, I don't know, but I'm trying you to are. get to the place where I feel like I'm okay regardless of the outcome, right? Like that mm-hmm. I've done the work, that I'm I'm getting rid of my imperfections and things and I'm trying to work on myself so that I feel better, so that I have that peace, that I can, you know, understand my role and show up better. I just want to show up better because these situations are going to happen. Like I got teenage boys, stuff's going to go crazy. I'm not going to be able to control all that. Cause I know who I was at that point, you know, but I'd love to be able to like show up the right way and stay present and not try to like get into myself on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, the answer to that. And here's the thing that that's difficult. And I think hard for for a lot of us to, to accept is your wife choosing to be closer to you and trust you after a while is, is her up to her, your children, your kids choosing to forgive you and choosing to trust you again is up to them. So your side of the equation is your recovery. It's, it's a lot of the things that Tyler was saying we're feeling from you. It's you loving yourself again, being an honest person, owning your mistakes, being accountable. That's, and you have to do that consistently over time to be trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And your wife still might not trust you. 
she still might say, nope, going to have some distance, going to push you, you out, right? And But if you're working your recovery, you'll see her and understand why she's doing that as opposed to take that personally and wonder when it's all going to happen and get better for you, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Um, Tyler, did you have a comment? No, yeah, just going along with what you're saying, Brian. I love the way you phrased that. That what what Bryant has control over is in the process of doing his own authentic recovery work. He will also, by nature of that, because it just comes with the territory, he will be systematically becoming a more trustworthy person, and that's what he has control over. And mm-hmm. his job is to become as trustworthy as possible, and surrender being trusted because he can't control that. Yep. Um, and so, but, but the, but the way you become trustworthy, and this is, I was thinking about this, like, as you're talking about it is by living a wholehearted, authentic life. And you can't fake that over the long run. You can fake it short term. You can't fake it over the long run. That's why that energy we were talking about with Bryant today, Brown, and is, is standing out to me is if that energy continues with the effort towards the kind of man you want to be in the life you want to live that will be the way that you become trustworthy and that will be your best bet at instilling, letting your wife and your children trust you again mm-hmm. by showing up those ways. What are you thinking, Brian? Yeah, I think that's a really important point because I want to be trustworthy because I haven't been like, I, I'm, I'm able to admit that I've been a really big liar, like for most of my life, you know, that's, that's, I've been trying to hide, and control situations, all these things that I'm like, wow, I look back now and I'm like, what a, what a terrible way to live. Cause I, cause I love this new idea of being authentic. I'm trying like every day. That's one of my, one of like my, uh, what do you call them? I call them bridge thoughts. My thoughts of like my affirmations. Right. And I'm like, Hey, today I'm going to be authentic. Today I'm going to be trustworthy. If someone says, how are you doing? I'm going to tell them, you know, today's hard or whatever. I'm not just going to say fine and move on. Um, and I really want to be that. And, and have those like conversations and have like deeper, like me and my wife are talking about it. This is an example that I, I just remembered. Like the other night I was in the line at a discount clothing store. And this, I was, I was like, I went and got in line cause it was really long and my wife was still shopping. And so there was this lady and I was like, you know, I'm going to, I talked to her a little bit and the conversation kind of ended. And I said, I'm just going to keep this going just to be authentic, just to be like, Hey, that was kind of funny what you said. And, we had like this 20 minute conversation just with this random stranger that I would never have done before. But uh, it was like one of those things where I was like, let's just, co- I'm going to connect with this person a little bit more than I would have. Right. And be a little more authentic and, and share with her a little bit about myself. And we kind of talked for a while and it, I never will see this lady again. Like she's gone out of my life. I don't even know who she was, but, and my wife came over where you kind of talked all three of us for a while when she got back in line. And it was like this inner, it was an interesting thing for me. Cause I was like, wow, that felt good, right? That felt totally different. And this is a random stranger that I'll never see, but I was able to be like who I was. I was able to share my actual thoughts about whatever she was talking about. And, and it was kind of this weird, it, it showed me something that I think I need to keep keep that up and, and be that kind of deeper person than I have been. Because mm-hmm. normally I would put on those breaks, right? Like, hey, okay, this is enough. We've talked for a few minutes. I'm good, you know? But it was it was an opportunity to kind of open up and share that I really enjoyed and hope to do more of. And I think that's part of that authenticity. So, But Brian, I got to say, 
I love that story. Um, your wife is going to be one of the most like it's going to be most difficult to want to to hold space and be strong with. Do you know why? No, tell me. <laughs> there, there, I have a number more, of reasons, but there's more at stake with her. It's more yeah. vulnerable. Um, and so to to sit in her not loving you or accepting you or thinking that you're awesome is is really scary and really hard. That a lot of shame triggers will come. Um so so when you come home from work today, let's just make up this example, and she gives you this look of like, uh, like uh, I don't want to talk to you. Right. The old Bryant would say, oh, good. I get to go play video games or I get to go like hang out somewhere else and do something different. I don't have to deal with her. The new you would say, whoa, hey, uh, hey, tell me like what's going on. I got some time. I got some space. I got some energy for you. And uh, okay. Yay. You passed step one. Right. And she says, I've just been thinking about what a what a horrible person you are <laughs> all day. <laughs> okay, now we got step two. Because because what you can do then is dig deep with her. Tell me more. Like tell me where this is coming from. How's it feeling for you? Right? Now if she says, I've been thinking about what a piece of shit you are, then you want to have boundaries. You want to say, Hey hun, like I want to hear you, but like you calling me that doesn't work for me. Um I, I you know, if you can with respect tell me where you're at. I I'm here. Like I want to listen. So Tyler and I are not saying show up weak and show up inauthentic, show up in your authenticity with your strength, but dig deep with her, right? And then you start to open up her processing. And what's beautiful is not only does that heal the the trust fractures in the relationship, it helps her heal. It helps her heal her grief. She's processing with somebody who's holding space for her. Um, It's awesome if she allows you to do that. Now, she might not. She might go so far with you and then push way far away and just say, nope, 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 nope. And that's where in your heart, your recovery kicks in and says, I'm okay as as I am. She can have her space. We'll have another opportunity for this. Um, I believe there's a process here. God's working here. It's okay, right? Mm-hmm. And you call your boys from your group and they say, dude, Bryant, you're the man. Like, hang in there. We love you. Everything's good. You're doing the right things. So you got that strength behind you and you move forward. And as you do that again and again and again, usually, not guaranteed, but usually if you have a wife who is strong and a wife who does want recovery, she'll come around and she'll start seeing your real heart again. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going on and on here. Any other thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I do. I just just to point out what you just did is you gave an example to Bryant of exactly what I was saying earlier about making it not personal, even when it was. You gave the example of his wife saying, you know, or we could make it your kid or something too. Dad, you're a total hypocrite. Um, you this and this and this and this, and that's like that's like fishing. For you to go either like, how dare you disrespect me, son, or or the other way, which is like, oh, you're right, I suck. I don't even have a leg to stand on as your dad anymore. Like, da 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 da, da. right? But what Brandon just showed is, is like, hey, I was just sitting all day thinking about like what a piece of trash you were. Oh, babe, sounds like you're hurting. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, it wasn't, oh my gosh, you're right. I am like, I, you know, it was like, wow. I've been sitting around all day thinking what a piece of trash I was too. <laughs> you know? like, hey, we got something to connect on here. So, yeah, here we go. So, so, so tell me what's going on for you. Curious questions, pulling out the actual deeper emotions rather than the surface level, because I promise you when you, when she's been burned, the last thing she's going to want to do is be vulnerable. So the way she steps into vulnerability is without vulnerability in those conversations of, yeah, you're a piece of trash or man, you did this or you did that. Every single one of those things is actually, if you could rephrase it, put it through a magical funnel and it comes out on the other end is, man, I'm really hurting and I need you to see that. Mm -hmm. And if you understood that, if that's all you could ever hear, you would show up so differently for her than all of the other ways that she might package it up. Yeah, I like that. I like I like what you said because it's it's something I've been trying to figure out, I think. How do I how do I be quote unquote strong, but how do I how do I not crumble? I guess that's the word I would use in the midst of her pain, right? In the midst of her sharing that stuff. Because I think it is important. That's a good thing for me to remember is as she's as she's expressing that it may be hurtful. It may be hard for me to understand or hear. But I still need to be there, right? I still need to stay in in present and understand what she's going through and try to look past that to the pain part of it and and the, and the underlying feelings and stuff, not just the top level emotion stuff that's coming up, right? Because I know I used to do that. I I would probably say something a little bit rough just to get the conversation to end or something, you know? Like I don't want to talk about this, so I'll give you something up here and then we'll stop because I can run away from that, right? I don't have to be known. And so I, I think that's something that I probably really need to work on. Somebody who wants to build trust, like, uh, you know, start with um, not taking the the person who you want to build trust with, not taking their pain personally. Now, I know, like I say that and it's like, yeah, okay, Brandon, like somebody's telling me you suck. Like you, su- how do I not take you suck personally? <laughs> well, Well, actually, you don't have to. Like, oh, okay, you're feeling like I suck. Now, if I know that I don't suck, and if I know that I'm okay, and if I believe in myself, then then I can, let's say Tyler's the one that's saying you suck. And you I can suck, say, Ty- <laughs> he, he had to say it. He had to- <laughs> let's say Tyler's the one saying you suck. If I know who I am and I'm solid in my recovery, then I, ca- I have space for him to feel what he needs to feel. If... If I don't know that, then I will take it personally and I'll try to either fix it or I'll try to push away. I'll turn the tables. I'll do all kinds of things in disconnecting in the attachment because because I'm way too connected um, with my self-worth. So when we say don't take personally and disconnect from their feelings, that's what we're saying. We're disconnecting our self-worth from their feelings. We're not disconnecting from their feelings. We're actually disconnecting our self-worth so we can connect more into their feelings, process them, and empathize with them. Yeah, it has nothing to do with how they feel about us because we are going to be okay on our own, right? That's, that's your the self-worth, idea that yes. Yeah, I'm, self-worth. I'm okay no matter what they say. I, I now know that I have a ton of worth, which I didn't always know this, but I know that I have a ton of worth and a lot of things to offer this world. 
and they can say whatever they want really. And it doesn't have to affect me at all because I already know, like, it's like, yeah, I, and I can look past that into the pain that they're feeling of why might they be saying that instead of what it means to me? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'll just kind of tell you like practically how this kind of works for me when I think I get it closer to right than wrong. I always still feel that little tinge of like shame when somebody comes at me, maybe it's a client, maybe it's my wife, maybe it's somebody else like Tyler, like you, you're terrible at this. There's that little tinge automatically. It just happens. Right. And for me, I actually have the words go through my head, a couple different lines that I use. One is this isn't about me. And when I, when I do that, I imagine taking my shame and I put it outside of myself and then, and then I end up going, what are they feeling? I need to, I need to connect. So it's like, I'm digging through the first layer. It's like the outer layer of my own shame. And I'm, I'm going deeper into their feelings. So how do I connect myself to what it's like to feel betrayed, to what it's like to feel powerless, to what it's like to feel angry, to what it's like to, Oh, I I've had all those human experiences, but I can connect to those things and be in that space with somebody else a lot better than if I stay stuck in the first layer of my shame. And then with that shame, it's still there. I imagine holding on to that relationship or that moment for as long as I can until either I get too flooded or she doesn't want to talk anymore. And then the shame that I was feeling, I, I pull back in front of me and I go, okay, what do I want to do with this right now? Like, that's where I'm going to go make a phone call. That's when I'm going to go do some self-care, practice some self-compassion, go for a walk or something to flush that out because it's still there. It just, it just can't be in the driver's seat right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, I think I that's where I, I oh go ahead. I probably no, struggled go ahead, Brian. with it later. Like that's probably where I just probably file it away. And then I probably do that a couple of times before I realize I got a problem, right? So that's probably something I can work on too, is taking care of it quicker than I do. I think I tend to probably hold on to some of those things a little longer than I should, and they pile up a little bit till I get mm -hmm. you know, then I get aggravated and antsy about it because I'm like, man, I'm Look at all this stuff I got piled up when probably a good idea would be to, you know, flush some of that earlier. I think that's a good idea to, to work on. Well, going along with what you're saying, Brian, like if I, if I have a, like a ton of secrets going on in the background and someone comes along and says, you suck, how am I going to feel? really bad really terrible because gonna, it's like yeah because you don't even know how bad i suck what about all this other stuff i'm gonna believe about, them right? right yeah and so so we're, we're talking a lot about the empathy side of things of like but there is the honesty side and like let's say your kids come to you and say dad you're a hypocrite um there's a difference between self-deprecation and accountability and honesty so like if you're like yeah i'm the worst ever i'm horrible yeah you're right i'm you know i'm but if, if you come to, you know what, I've done some hypocritical things and I can own that. You're, you're not wrong. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'll own that. And I think it's hard to be, to have a dad who says one thing and does another. And tell me, tell me how that feels for you. Right. So now you're div, now you're starting to go into the empathy piece, but you've got to be able to be honest and accountable. That's important too, in order for them to, to, to feel safe enough with you to actually go there with their emotions. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to be honest and accountable, they're not going to want to go there with you. And they'll just maybe lob some things at you, you know, to, to, to get you to hurt a little bit. And that's all, that's all 
you do, right? So owning your stuff can be really hard. Really, empathy, honesty, all this stuff is is practicing your own shame resiliency. Um, yeah. And as you do that, then you're a person who can who can heal relationships um, and process emotions with people and empathize and all of these things. So there's a really fine line there between taking all the responsibility because I feel like I'm 100% responsible for all of this. And I've come to terms with that. And I often want to be like, yeah, you're right. I really did that terribly. So, but what you said sounded totally different than what I feel sometimes because I, because I want to go to that place of, yeah, I'm terrible. I've done all these hard things and I've really ruined some of your lives. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but like that, that line that you just put it at was that, that straight up accountability facts more than like feelings. I Mm -hmm. think is that, Mm -hmm. is that kind of what you're going for there? Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you just said. I'm terrible and I've ruined your life. Those that's not truth. Um, right. I've done some terrible things and I've done some things that have hurt you. And it really comes down to like knowing yourself. If, when you know that, that, you know, you're not the worst, well, you've done some pretty horrible things you can own, but it, it's a difference between guilt and shame that we're talking about. And when you can honestly own that guilt and own the, the, the misdeeds that you've done, that's awesome. But when you take on, um, a definition of self because of the things they're saying, then you're not going to be able to own it very well. Yeah. I like the idea of like this, the slight difference between what you said and the way Brandon said it was Brandon owned the behavior and he owned that there was an impact, but he didn't define himself as those things. And, and he didn't make it about him per se. Um, You know, and I I think maybe like a broader (laughs) view of this too you know, if we look at it, you spent however many years, 20 years cultivating a certain kind of soil that yielded a certain kind of fruit that ended up with this kind of like big blow up, right? Right. Um, now you're realizing that it's time to change the crop you were growing and you have to go recultivate that soil. And really what you're doing now is you are getting a chance to plant new seeds with your sons, with your wife. And then you get to back up those seeds with your continued work on your recovery. And over time, yours, this is a different way to view it. Your sons will eventually be grateful, likely, that they have a father who's, who took accountability, who said he was sorry, who trained them how to give a good apology, who showed how to work hard, who showed how to not give up, who showed how to not be perfect. Like you, you can start seeing that the journey you're taking is still offering them something as you move forward instead of like, Oh, I've got to like, I got to hurry and patch this back up and get it back to where it was. It's like, no, no, no. Like you're right, sons. I have been a hypocrite in the past and I'm learning and I want to be able to teach you too. And so this is why I'm still engaged as your father. Right. Um, let's learn together instead of, Oh, I don't have a voice now. Yep. You're right. (laughs) You, you know, taking what Tyler's saying a step further, Brian, can you see that your struggles, your addiction, your, the, the, the things you've done can bless your children's lives? Oh, I'm there. Like, I see that really clearly. Like, wow. He froze up on us, Tyler. 
I think we lost him for a second. So what's cool about what Bryant's saying, hopefully we'll get him back here, is, is that he's actually starting to see the hard part is to be in that space of being able to see it, but to still tolerate the discomfort of having to to teach those lessons, to, to step into yes. those places. Yes, right? yes. But, but what I'm seeing, Tyler, is that he's kind of set himself up in terms of like getting his support system, um, like owning everything. So he's getting honest. He's getting a support system. He's starting to want to be more vulnerable. And, and he might not like this, but he's really set himself up for being strong enough to go through the process of healing these things. And so, yeah, he hasn't arrived. Like it's yeah. not, but 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 he's arrived to the place where he can start to really do the work. <laughs> he's actually. This is what's so cool about a guy like him. It looks like we're getting him back here, so we'll we'll get him back in just a second. Sorry, guys. That's no, okay, you're fine, Brian. Brian. We'll just we're just making a point. And we'll get you back to what your thought was. But Brandon was just saying, and I think it's so cool, is, is that you're the kind of guy who's actually doing the right kind of work so that you can set yourself up to do the really big work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause, cause it's like, you wouldn't even get a chance to go rebuild trust with a wife or, or step in and be the leader of your sons in a, in a wholehearted authentic way. If you weren't willing to just start doing the recovery work that you've already started. And now it's yielding you an, another opportunity to step even deeper into this work, not only for yourself, but to have a ripple effect for good in this world. Um, and it's funny how that works that you get more responsibility, more opportunity in quotes will say the, the, the deeper you step into your recovery. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that because I see that as an option. Like I see, wow, my boys are going to have something I never did. Right. They're going to have a dad that, that hit bottom and was able to work back through it and become something better than he was. And I hope to be that example. I hope to be that someday for them that I can really show, you know, and my wife, especially, I love that woman so much. I want her to be happy, but it's like to be able to go through a process like this and come out so much better and so much stronger. Cause I already feel that it's only been seven months or whatever. And I already feel better and stronger. And I'm kind of looking like, well, how far can I take this? You know, like, is this going to, this is, this is awesome. I love it. And I want to be able to provide that for them because I see it as a huge healing opportunity. Like we never would have grown this much if we hadn't all fallen apart, probably, you know, yeah. assuming that it's going to, that it's going to get better and everything will, you know, work out. Then I'm, I'm excited for that. I just don't like being here where I am. Obviously it's hard, but. I, I just want you to know, Bryant, that you're, you're doing this in the right order now. Um, where you're focusing on you right where you're at is kind of perfect for what you're thinking about the work to do with your wife and with your kids. It's kind of right where you need to be now. A lot of times what happens with Tyler and I is we get a couple coming in and saying, Hey, fix our relationship. And it's like, well, um, you got to fix yourself first. Um, you got to yeah. deal with your own demons first. You got to get your own recovery capital first. And once you get that, then we can really start to do this work in rebuilding the foundation of these relationships. Um, you're doing it the right way, Brian. So a lot of, a lot of ways stay the course, um, you know, recognize when you're, when, when you're not having that strength to step in with them and just notice that and don't beat yourself up for it, but you're, you're doing a lot of good things. I, I agree with that, Bryant. I think you are doing things in the right order with the right heart. I actually suspect that things are going to turn out really well for you over the long run. 
and uh, that you're giving yourself the best chance towards helping those things heal um giving your wife and your children space to work their own process you know you've been you've been wrestling with your secrets for 20 plus years they're going to wrestle with their feelings for a while they're going to go through a grieving process they're going to have to recalibrate to a new normal of the person their dad and husband are becoming and if you can be patient with them and allow them that space um i think i think at a bare minimum you learn a ton and at a maximum you're helping things to go right there Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think that's a, a you know, I uh, giving space is hard, but I, I've learned that patience is is a part that I need to really work on. And it's been helpful for me to be a little more patient, to see the long game, kind of see like, hey, this is going to take them just as long as it has for me to, you know, get them there. It's going to take longer to get back. And I, I've kind of accepted that. At, at the beginning, I didn't. I, th- I was like, hey, this is going to get fixed right away. You know, my, my anxiety and everything was going off. But now I've really become come to understand that, that, you know, they need their time and space and as much as I do. And everything's going to, uh, you know, everything's going to get better eventually. That's that's where I'm you know looking forward to. So a, a lot of it is sitting in the, the discomfort of the patients and not knowing how this is all going to work out. Right. And so it's like, I want to fix this now. I want this to be better now. And but what's important is being able to sit in the discomfort of that process uh, and Brian, I, I, I just want to say your struggle with this, um, you're not alone. We, we hear this all the time. Um, and, and, uh, it, so it's normal what you're feeling. And I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, being vulnerable to provide a backdrop for us to talk about this, because I'm sure a lot of people will listen and be like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I'm feeling too. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful we were able to kind of talk through the process of it. Yeah, I think every episode of yours is how I feel. Oh, I'm not the only guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I used to believe that I was like, nobody knows how bad I've had it. Nobody's got the same way. And now I know 100 dudes that are the same as me, basically, yeah. like, yeah. or worse, you know, they have worse stories than some of mine. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Brian, I know we're, we're just about out of time. I just want to say, yeah. reiterate that I I think you've already got the goods for success. You're well on your way. Uh, I hope this is helpful to you. I think Brandon said some things earlier in the episode that that there was so much depth to them that when you go back in a few weeks when this comes out and listen to it, I think you're going to pick up even a lot more. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for your willingness to come on today. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you. Hey, thank you.